Hi, welcome once again to Concepts for Living, Biblical Principles for Contemporary Living. In times like these, we need a savior. We need an anchor. These are perilous times. Stay tuned. I want you to be blessed as I'll speak from the theme, In Times Like These. In times like these, when our world is inundated with the challenges to survive this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, a time when for many this is the worst time ever. In times like these, when governments are frustrated in their efforts to devise and to process unpopular policies, to seek to mitigate the dangers in these troubled times. In these times, when many communities have individuals that are intimidated by the fact that they have lost privileges once enjoyed. Oh yes, to couple with all of that is the fact that there is the incessant departure of many loved ones out of this world. Leaving hearts to wound, eyes to shed tears, hearts that are broken because of the departure of loved ones. Even our medical practitioners are exhausted because of the great demand of their service in a time like this. Oh yes, all because of this pandemic known to us as the coronavirus. With all of its strengths, when considering his time, when considering his circumstance, the prophet Isaiah declares, this is a day of trouble. This is a day of rebuke. This is a day of blasphemy. This is a day. This is where we're living. It's where we are right now. And if we are to appreciate the words of the prophet in chapter 37 of Isaiah, we must consider 2 Kings. So get your Bibles ready. 2 Kings chapter 19. Look in verse 3. It says, And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble. 
and of rebuke and blasphemy. For the children are come to birth and there is not strength to bring forth. Sound familiar? The reason why it is important for us to consider the accounts in 2 Kings is because this is where the very term originated. It came out of the experience of a young king. That young king's name was Hezekiah. Hezekiah was unique in many ways. Hezekiah was one who had ascent to the throne of his father who had passed. His father's name was Ahaz. He died. His son, listen to it, 25 years of age, ascends the throne. Hmm. How's he going to make it? He's so young. Our times are challenging. But somebody ought to celebrate right now that God has a way of appointing and anointing somebody, even young people, in an age to make a difference. Oh, yes. He is 25 years of age. Read for yourself that he was the new king. He's the new king of Judah and turns out to be one of the best kings that ever sat upon the throne of Judah. 25 years of age. He ruled. Yes, he did. Read for yourself in 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 20. Read it for yourself and you'll see. He ruled from the premise of, what's this now? Godliness. I said he ruled from the premise of godliness. And as he rules from that premise, the Bible says he cleaved unto the Lord, departing not from him. He was a man of prayer. He was a man who continually fellowshiped with his God. Early, his early reign was marked by religious revival. I mean, he was a blessing to the nation, a blessing to the people. Read again in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 5 down through to 7. And I'm going to read that. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel. So that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. By the way, inclusive of his father. For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. 
Verse 7, and the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. The word of God is making plain that here was a rather distinct leader. One who had his priorities in the right place. He served the Lord. Now, the enemy, the Assyrians observed his success and set their eyes in Sennacherib. Set their eyes, because he was the king of the Assyrians. And, and you have to understand that, that when God begins to bless you, when God begins to move in your life, when God prospers you, there will always be somebody that will set their eyes on you. Well, you know, we always have three points to our messages. Number one, the sensing. Number two, the saying. Number three, the seeing. You need and I need to be able to know how to survive times like these. God said, don't worry, I'm going to take care of your enemy. <laughs> I'm glad that God will fight for us. I'm glad that God will fight for us because sometimes when we try to fight for ourselves, we mess up even more. But aren't you glad that God will fight your battles? We know why? Because he's bigger. I said he's bigger. This is a day of trouble. This is a day of trouble. This is a day when we're going through stuff. This is a day when the pain seems unbearable. His hearts are aching and and somebody doesn't have a job and somebody doesn't have a home and somebody is hurting but in the midst of it God is still God and if you just hang on in there you're going to see he's going to bring you through so then once you have read those verses <laughs> all the way to verse 23 and you'll understand that what people do to you as a man of God, as a woman of God, they're really doing it against God. Because the reproach is what? Now watch this now. The Lord and has said with the multitude of my chariots. Watch this. I am, well, I am come up to the heights of the mountains to the sides of Lebanon and I will cast down the tall cedar trees. What God is saying is when I get ready, I got the power to do what needs to be done. Somebody just take peace in that. God said, I've got everything you need to defend you. And so there comes a time when you get the benefit of prayer. Because when you're in prayer, you're connecting with God. God speaks to a prophet over there, letting you, letting, and the prophet comes to you and tells you what God has said in his answer. And so you and I are blessed this morning to know I may not see it, but God has done it. I may not have it, but it's already prepared. 
I may not be there yet, but God is there, and God knows that he's going to bring me into this place. Let me just come on and move uh, kind of quickly now, because really what I'm trying to get at is this, that when it looks like it's all over, and God has deserted you, God is getting ready to do the greatest thing ever for you. Notice the Bible makes it plain. The Bible says, look at verse 35, same chapter 19. I'm just going to touch there a minute. It says, and it came to pass that that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians the same night now. Watch this now. And it was one hundred and eighty five thousand Assyrians that were taken out at one time. When God gets ready to vindicate you, when God gets ready to fight for you, he fights to the degree that he takes care of all your business. The Bible says that even Sennacherib, he was not in that 100 and uh, that 180 or uh, 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 89 to be exact, thousand people, but he went and ran off. And then when he ran off, he went on his way, not knowing that his own son would kill him. So Sennacherib's gone. The army is gone. Somebody ought to get happy right now. The day will come when all those things that were against you will work for you. I said when all those things that appeared against you will work for you. God is working for you right now. I said God is working for you right now. But you're going to have to say something. The saying is praying. If you don't do it, you're going to be in trouble. Remember Asaph? The Bible says Asaph went, he looked around and saw how the wicked people were prospering and how God's people were suffering. He, 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 it confused him. And so then he said, but when I entered <laughs> the sanctuary, he said, then understood I. Then understood I. Understanding's going to come when you go to worship. Now I know this is our worship house. But you better find a house. It may be your house. Because the worship we used to have in here ought to be still happening there. Wherever you are, whatever your house is, wherever your house is, you just keep on worshiping, keep on praising, keep on glorifying, keep on connecting with God. And God will deal with your enemies. Now, we move from the sensing to the saying, say something to God. We come now to the metaphor. Go now to Isaiah, which is the same, isn't it something? When you read over in chapter 19, am I right? Look at verse 3. It reads the same as over in Isaiah's prophecy, chapter 37, verse 3. 
But, but, but you're getting that, Pastor. What I'm trying to say is this. Three is not only the number for Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And all three of them are marshaled together on your behalf. But, 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 but three is also the numeral that denotes completion. You see, all that I have read prior from 2 Kings is, number one, a king being coronated and set on the throne. A king that God appointed who has been very successful and he's brought about so much and he's got other things that he's got to do but in between success comes the enemy and when the enemy came in what Hezekiah would have done where he would have taken the people where he would have accomplished he reached a point where he became weak and that's when he was sending gold to the enemy. Uh, but somebody ought to understand that God knows that there are times when we get impregnated with the will of God. Impregnated with the purpose of God. Yes, it's a good conception. And for the duration, seven months, nine months, however, I don't know. Few years, but the, there's a period where being pregnant is one thing, mm. conceiving is one thing, but it's another thing to give birth. And Hezekiah could not do it at the time because he lost strength. But somebody ought to hear me right now. When I read over here in Isaiah, I get so encouraged because I read in verse 1. Let's go back there. Remember my text. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth. That's the posture. That's the costume, if you please, for worship. And he went into the house of the Lord. See it there in verse 1? Now, here, you're going to see the blessing. Eliakim and the priests and the scribes and also now, what, the elders. You better thank God you got some people around you. You ought to bless God that's more than you. You ought to give God praise right now that, uh, for the fellowship. Oh, they may act up sometime, but you ought to give God praise that you got somebody around you. You got somebody that's also worshiping. You got somebody that's also with sackcloth on them because it's the posture and the costume of worship. Worshippers. People don't have to give you stuff. You ought to just celebrate them because they're worshipers also. Worshiping. When people, when God's people go to worship, that's when you will see the power of God. 
That's when you'll see deliverance come. When we, when the church goes to worship, then you'll see how God can give strength again. Well, I just know you've been blessed by this word. And I know that you have been now equipped to survive in times like these. So until next time, when I shall come to you with more concepts for living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.